Hi, welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We're very glad you're joining us today and we hope this message inspires you, builds your faith and encourages you in the things of God. Enjoy the message. Dear friends in Cork Church and for those online, um, it's always a joy and a real privilege. This morning I've been feeling um, something ever since Pastor Nick read that scripture from Ezekiel 47, to move from spiritually from ankle deep to knee deep to waist deep and to plunge right in and float. You're going to need some things. And of course, we can be spiritual and say we're going to need the grace of God. Amen. We're going to need the love of Jesus in our heart. Absolutely. We're going to need his sovereignty. Absolutely. They're all gimmies. But you know, you and I are going to need something. You and I are going to need something. We're walking and living in the slipstream of, of others who have gone before us, whether we knew they prayed for us or not. But you know what they did? They persevered in prayer. And at the end of this month, those three days of prayer, amen, you're, you're, there is such a thing as persevering prayer. There is such a thing as you don't always feel like it. There's such a thing that you feel, oh, I'm not able, I don't want to. And that's a key moment. And if you, if you listen, you will hear the whisper of love drawing you in. And you and I, we need to persevere. It was, it's interesting to note some of the most popular look-up words um, on the web in 2021. And some of these great dictionaries, they have these algorithms that measure things. And some of the information they will sell to, to advertisers and marketers. But Webster's Dictionary um, said that their most looked up word in 2021, and it's kind of obvious, was the word vaccine. Okay. Um, we, when we were involved, and we still are involved in a ministry in China called Teachers for China, where uh, since about 1987, um, we placed uh, Christians, obviously, qualified in English, and we placed them in universities in China. And there was a great ministry there, one-to-one evangelism. It was the only way that uh, the door was open because of r- rules and regulations. And um, the last reckoning, uh, and we weren't there to keep numbers, but at least over four to 5,000 students over that long period of time committed their lives to the Lord. And many were baptized at night in secret in apartments and baths and everything. And it was a wonderful ministry. But I first came in contact with, with a dictionary called the Cambridge Dictionary. I hadn't heard about it before, but, but I understand the Cambridge Dictionary is primarily used for um, non-English speakers who want to learn English more. And um, I just, uh, I wasn't looking for this, but it came up on my website, and the BBC actually had it towards the end of the year, and they said that the Cambridge Dictionary had a a different, most look-up word than than, uh, most of the other dictionaries. Um, As I said, they're the most popular dictionary and thesaurus for uh, learners of English, and they recently revealed that their word of the year for 2021, surprisingly, was the word perseverance. A number of things come out of that. One reason was that, um, I don't know if you're aware of the NASA 
mission to Mars. It's incredible. They are landing vehicles on Mars. They've landed three vehicles on Mars. And um, about the middle of February, they landed this uh, rover vehicle on Mars. They'd already landed one the, the year earlier in another crater. Uh, that one was called Curiosity. And they then had another vehicle shortly after they landed this one I'm talking about. It, it was a robotic helicopter, and they called that Ingenuity. But this vehicle that they landed, it was a rover vehicle to land from the mothership on Mars, and they called it Perseverance. And Cambridge Dictionary uh, uh, said that, that at that moment it spiked, but they said a few other things about it as well. But they went on to define what Perseverance was. And this is really, in their thinking, we want to define this for non-English speakers, so it's quite clear. So they said this, Perseverance is continued effort to do or achieve something even when this is difficult, or takes a long time. Um, the publishing manager of uh, the Cambridge Dictionary said, well, it kind of makes sense, thank you, Andy, it kind of makes sense that the lookups for that word perseverance spiked uh, as this uh, Mars rover was being landed. But they also realized then that perseverance was not a common word for students of English to have in their vocabulary. And I quote, the lady said, we often see spikes in lookups for words associated with current events when those particular words are less familiar. She also said that their editors felt it was also an appropriate word for everyone, given all the challenges of 2021. Well, you know, perseverance not only is not a common word for students of English to have in their vocabulary, it's not a greatly used word even among English-speaking people. Imagine trying to get people to come to a persevering seminar or creating a website entitled Instant Perseverance in Three Easy Steps. What an oxymoron that is. And you tell most people that the answer to certain shortfalls or problems is their unwillingness or inability to persevere, and you will be met with a dubious look. And yet... In the word of God, endurance, patience, perseverance is not an unusual word because God sees it as an important requirement. I'd like you to take a fresh look at the word perseverance because sometimes I look back at my father and he said when I was trying to learn to swim, he looked down from the, from the, from the deep end of the pool. I was struggling. He said, just persevere there, son, just persevere. I said, ah. It brings a reaction, but let the Spirit speak it to your heart, and it will bring power and strength and will open doors to your heart. Here's just briefly, before I want to say a few more things about it, here's what the Word of God says about it. So the writer to Hebrews, he says a number of things. He says, he says, don't become sluggish, lazy, or dull. This is to people born again of the Spirit of the Lord, who have come into new birth, who are walking in the kingdom, who are embracing all the work and the efficacy of the cross of Christ. This is what he's saying to them. 
there's, there is a possibility you'll become sluggish or dull. He said, don't, but imitate or follow those through faith. Amen. Faith is there all the time. The just shall live by faith. We trust in him. Faith and trust, two sides of the one cause. Absolutely. And there are many, I would prefer to speak on faith and trust a lot more than perseverance. I haven't spoken on perseverance. I don't think, I can't even remember. I, I would I, I'd much prefer to speak faith and truth. But perseverance is what's come to me. And it says, those who through faith and perseverance, what? Inherit the promises. Maybe you feel, I'm not coming into much of my life. Maybe you just need a bit of perseverance. And then he says in chapter 10, you have need of perseverance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Intentionality is the key here. Later on in chapter 12, he says, folks, lay aside every weight and sin, which so easily ensnares us. We're not immune from it. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. So straight away, the book of Hebrews says things about faith and perseverance, obedience and perseverance, run with perseverance. It seems like perseverance is a handy tool to have in your toolkit. Thank you. Paul also, he says a few things about perseverance. He's praying for these precious saints in the church in Colossae and surrounding regions. And he says, oh, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And then he steps up his prayer. He said, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. For what? For all perseverance and long suffering with joy. Oh, what a statement. And uh, so we're told there to strengthen, to persevere, to suffer with joy. Um, in Romans, Paul writes, he says, you know, that's the great chapter. What a great chapter, Romans 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have, boom, 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 peace with God. It's a wonderful chapter. And, and he goes on to say, rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, he's thinking of glory and the glory and the presence and the, uh, and the, and the brightness of of the Lord Jesus coming into our lives. He said, but we also glory in tribulations. I used to, my first Bible, and I was very young, though I, I read that, and I, I got my pencil and I crossed it out because I said, this doesn't make sense, that we glory in tribulation. Uh, I soon rubbed it out. Um, and he said, knowing, and the thing is, we don't know this. We don't always know it. But knowing that tribulation produces something. It's producing perseverance. Oh, so that's why I'm passing through this stage. Probably, we don't know all the reasons, but one of the outcomes of it, he says perseverance will produce character, character hope. So Paul reveals here that a reason we can glory is because perseverance in turn works something deep and wonderful in a life, character and hope. And, and you'll find that, 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 that every step or every Every time we feel we're, 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 we're not just ankle deep, we're not just knee deep, we're not just up there, but actually floating. You know, to float in water, you have to surrender. <laughs> I've told you the story about how I learned to swim. My dad got so fed up with me, he threw me into the deep end. And he committed me to the water. He committed me to drowning. Of course, he knew I wouldn't drown. But I float. And in that instant, I learned what faith was in water. And I, amazingly, I float. And sometimes you, it, it's, through a, it's, it's through something that seems to come. I remember some brother telling me, he said, sometimes, Larry, truth will come initially in a negative term to you, in a negative way to you. It doesn't always come. Please, I'm speaking on perseverance. 
Next week, next month, another time, we could be speaking on joy. Hallelujah. But today, but, but perseverance and joy have a link there. So the word of, oh yeah, Peter, before we leave the New Testament, Peter says, you know, in 2 Peter 1, he says, for this very reason, give all diligence, add to. In other words, he's talking about expanding your capacity, moving from ankle deep to, to knee deep to up here. It's an idiom. It's a, it's a picture of walking, of, of being filled more with that wonderful spirit of the Lord and understanding more things. He said, add to your faith. That's it again. Faith is key. Faith is key. Add to it virtue, virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, add perseverance. To perseverance, godliness, etc., etc. So you see, the word of God reverses any negative connotation of the word perseverance, and it reveals that in his economy, it's a source, it's an avenue of hidden strength and power and really positive development. Now, yes, we all enjoy uh, those Kairos times, that, that specific moment uh, um, that, that, that immediate, that opportune moment when, when we see a prayer is answered, when we, when we embrace as a miracle or something like that, it's wonderful to have. Whereas there can be a prolonged or progressive season of persevering, persevering in prayer, persevering in bearing with something, persevering in just pressing through, persevering without, apparently, Lord, you're, you're, you're a bit far away, but, but I'm going to persevere because I know you're not. You're in me, and that's called a chronos time. It's a prolonged time. Those are the two words in the Greek, chronos and kairos. And we love the kairos time. We write books about the kairos moments. We wear T-shirts about the kairos. We, we write songs about the kairos. But actually, 80 or 90% of our time is the chronos time. Think when, when all those, uh, the Berlin Wall came down, and all that Soviet bloc, all that... Eastern Europe, all those powers, communist powers, depressing powers that, that, were, that were atheistic, that were monolithic, and the West didn't know what to do. 1989, 90, I, re- I remember the Christmas and the New Year. It was on the news. It was amazing. It seemed in a day. It was probably over a few months. Everything came crashing down. But I tell you, 30, 40, 50 years, there were men and women. The church were praying. Tens and thousands, hundreds of thousands of prayers went up. There was a great chronos time. And then the Kairos moment came in, and it came down. But those, during those times, and you may have heard of Richard Wormbrandt. He came to Dublin once. He appeared on the Late, late Show once, an amazing man. And he suffered persecution under that regime. And he said to the West, he said, there is, a, there is an apprehension in me. Don't give up praying. Keep persevering and praying. And sometimes um, we have those times. Now, what's true in the natural world often corresponds in principle to the spiritual world. And you all, certainly you men, um, if you excuse me saying that, but if you ladies hold this as well, fantastic. You probably have heard of WD-40. It's probably in some of your garages. Some of you are nodding. WD-40, it's an aerosol spray. It protects metal from rust. It penetrates stuck parts. It sprays and lubricates into almost anything. It's a fantastic thing. It was originally designed in the 1950s to be used as a, to protect the outer skin of the Atlas missiles that the Americans had at that time from rust and corrosion. Um, it was later found, re- really by accident, of many household uses and was made available to consumers probably about 1958, and it was a great success ever since. It became a, a, a public company. Oh, no, it's still a private company, but a very wealthy, profitable 
company. But its origin and name I found interesting. So in 1953, a fledgling business called the Rocket Chemical Company and its staff of three, there was a chemist, there was an engineer and a designer, they set out to create a line of rust prevention solvents and degreasers to be used in the aerospace industry. You know, the big thing in the 50s was rockets. Uh, The Soviet Union was ahead of, of the Americans in rockets. And they were already putting uh, um, um, a, a Sputnik into space. I remember walking down Dunleary Pier. I was just a kid, and my older brother showed it to me. I still remember this, this light. Conan said, that's Sputnik. And I said, what? That's Sputnik. And he explained to me. The Russians were ahead. The Americans were trying to develop to catch up. And then the Russians put a dog into space and a man into space. And so there was a great... Uh, it, it's a bit like... St- the Silicon Valley in California today, it was there. In those days in California, it was developing things for the aerospace industry. And it took much persistence and perseverance for these three men to perfect their formula. And after 10, 11, 12 attempts, they, they, they just felt like giving up. But there was always one of them, of the three, who always seemed to have the enthusiasm to give it another go, to reformulate to recalibrate, to press on. And so they persevered with it. They put in a lot of money into this, so they decided we've got to persevere to the end. And they made many attempts until one day their water-displacing formula worked. And the Atlas missiles, uh, the men running it, the government, they took on their product. And after all this perseverance then and effort, the three inventors, they sat down and they asked themselves, great, What shall we call our product? And they came up with the name WD-40. Now, it's easy to see they were engineers and chemists and not marketing people. What an awful name. And yet it survived. WD-40, it stands for this. Water displacement, the 40th formula. The 40th attempt. Hallelujah. I read that, and I said, gosh, that's amazing. That inspired me. Uh, it just, just to press on. And so what a story. Their, their perseverance was acknowledged and represented in the brand name. And how often, brothers and sisters, we allow failures and impatience and disappointments to checkmate us, to counter and thwart moves of the Spirit in our lives because of, of a lack of perseverance and endurance And ultimately, it's a course. It comes back. It it is trusting him, knowing, walking with him. Now, there are some things that will be a bit of a cul-de-sac. I've been up cul-de-sacs. Probably anyone here. And you said, well, Lord, sorry, I took a wrong turn. But I'm talking about when you know something. I mean, you don't have to go to the Bible to to wonder, is persevering prayer scripture? (laughs) You know, are are those other things that, that you may be facing with? Hallelujah. Okay, so knowing the truth, seeing it from the Scripture, having a, a little story to help us, that's okay, that's all right. But how can I be strengthened or enabled to implement more in my life? Because I, I, maybe you're not a persevering type. Maybe you, your brain's so active, if it doesn't work after once, ah, hump it, I'm going to try something else. Well, we can see it's necessary, but we can also, also say at times it isn't easy. It isn't always easy to persevere. I much prefer have the instantaneous. You know, I've been on, on, on perhaps I was 
putting my diary away for 2000, well, my, uh, my little file of facts pull out to yeah, keep all that, well, I still do, some people put on their phone. But I find I'm quicker with my file of facts when I was in a meeting with people, they all turned out their phones, and I had my date immediately, and they were still trying to key it. Anyway, I passed on. And I was putting it away in my drawer, and I, and I looked about, about 30 or 40 of these over the last 30 or 40 years. And I was beginning, just the thought came to me, how many trips have I made? And I'm not here to boast about my trips or anything. But, but I, I've made a lot of trips abroad to places like China and Africa. <coughs> uh, just, just, just to minister. Maybe a hundred or more. I don't know. It's an awful lot. And I was beginning to think some of those trips were so wonderful and easy. It was as if I was floating on air. Every flight went well, upgraded, no malaria, no, no, no problem, wonderful uh, 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 church reception, uh, 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 no persecution from the authority, e even the odd miracle and some response to the, meager, the meagerness of my preaching, but the grace of God. There were one. And then I thought of others, and they were the complete opposite. I was still in the will of the Lord. I was still going in the will, but everything seemed to hit. Delays in flight, misconnections, uh, 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 the hotel cancelling the booking because maybe the communists or someone else, a dictator, had come into town. They didn't want you. They'd been to Vietnam and all those other places. They were, they, they were tough times. It didn't go well. And we'd end up, and instead of having a few hundred, there'd be ten, and you'd be wondering, what am I doing here? But looking back, the times I remember most were those times because God spoke to things about things in my life and he spoke to other people. And there was some fruit that was gleaned in those times that I'm still in touch with today. So don't measure things just by what's on the outside all the time or how well is something good. Know in your heart these things. But I want to leave this with you. I came across just, um, it was just, uh, yes, earlier this month, one verse in scripture. And um, we're going to turn to it in a minute. Now, at first, can I warn you, it, doesn't, it seems an unlikely source <coughs> to inspire us when we're having to endure or persevere, okay? Um, it presented itself initially through the meaning of a letter in the Hebrew alphabet. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeless at language. I've been to China 30, 40 times. I can already speak a Chinese word. I don't speak Hebrew. I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I do have Google, and I do have an old English Hebrew dictionary, and I do have Strong's Concordance. And that, for me, that's enough. I can find out what a letter or a word in the Hebrew or the Greek means. So when I say this, it's just because I've looked it up. I've persevered. <laughs> right? Hebrew differs uniquely from other languages in several ways. There are 22 letters. I think I touched on this when we... I, I always look up, what did I preach before? I, I think the last time I came down here, I'm probably the only one who remembers it, but I preached on, no oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I've referred towards the end in Psalm 119 to another verse. But anyway, and I think I said this, there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, but each letter not only has a sound, but it has a numerical value, a musical note, and a meaning associated with a letter. And, and often... That meaning is encoded, put in code, when that letter is in the word, that that word can mean other things because that letter is in it. Is that okay? <laughs> but, but this is the wonder that God chose this language 
to have the original Old Testament in. And he it was another reason why he had the Greek and the Aramaic um, as well. So, written Hebrew is something like a Chinese character, uh, the letters, which carry meaning of a word picture. Here's the scripture. It's one scripture, Psalm 119, and it's verse 17. All right? When you're all busy on your phones, then I'm going to try to open this and have a drink. Psalm 119, verse 17. So verse 17 is the third stanza of eight verses. There are 22 stanzas in 119. And each stanza... In that stanza, each verse begins with the letter, the successive letter of the alphabet. So if this was English, this would be ABC. So each verse begins with a letter that begins with C. But you will see this. Here's the verse. Deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. To live and keep his word will take the grace of God, the power of the Lord, the spirit within you. But on our side, it will take persevering. There are some things you will have to persevere in. Hallelujah. So this caught my eye. And this is, I don't know if your version, in my version, it says just above the, the letter 17, it's Gimel. As your version shows you, shows you that, some of you are not. So that is, the writer wanted to tell us, this is the Gimel stanza. So every verse begins with the letter the Gimel. So I began to put on my Sherlock Holmes hat, take out my, my um, pipe. No, no, I've given that up, Andy. Remember, you prayed for me for that. It's gone. Hallelujah. <laughs> Magnifying glass, hemp. You're a man in the spirit. <laughs> and began to see. And I found sometimes, I don't know if it's the Holy Spirit or not, but I sometimes, I read a verse and it doesn't do anything for me. I read another verse and I say, what's this? Or I read through someone, my, my dear wife, she comes in and she says, this verse really spoke to me and I'm interested. And of course I take note and I go back and say, mm, I wish I was her. <laughs> But, but then also the Holy Spirit just gives you a nudge and you are a, a unique personality and he'll speak to you in a, in a unique way. So I saw this is, this, what is, what is the Gimel word in this? What is the word here in the Hebrew? Well, the Hebrew Gimel word is bountifully. What does Gimel mean, first of all? Just the letter. The letter Gimel means camel. It, it, it's derived from this letter, the word, the, the animal, camel. And I was a bit disappointed. You know, camels are associated with nomadic lifestyle, the desert, trade routes, Lawrence of Arabia, steady perseverance. Oh, steady perseverance. Okay. And, and the word camel, so I looked up my list and everything else that I have. In the Hebrew, it also carries the meaning of something of benefit. There's the bountifulness, okay, that has been lifted up and large, enlarges our expectations. So I'm getting a bit excited. So I see, deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. So the Gimel word is bountiful. It, it comprises two Hebrew, three Hebrew letters, and the first is Gimel. 
okay? I, I'm not going to, I don't have time to go into the other two words, but actually they indicate, if you mix those three words together, this is what they, they project, an animal with water which is led by a staff. Have you ever seen them with the, with the, dry, with the, with the guys in the camel? And they always have, camels are ugly things, they spit at you, but this guy, he's driving, and that camel is full of water. So I say, wonderful. And then I come to bountifully. And this is, think of an idiom here, folks. Think of an idiom, and you know what an idiom is. It's a word or phrase. They're not meant to be taken literally. So you may say someone has cold feet. Well, it doesn't mean that their toes are actually cold, but rather it means they're a bit nervous about something. So it may seem strange to say, but this is the encoded explanation of this word bountifully. If you go into the Hebrew code, okay? So when he says, deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word, you could, in, w using it as an, as an idiom, say, deal with me or make me camel-like. <laughs> oh, Lord, why, why? I can understand if you said like a dove or a lamb, or a lion, or an eagle, or Solomon even suggests in Proverbs, consider the ant, or the rock badger, or a spider, or a greyhound, or, 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 or a goat, but there's no mention of camel. But here it is, in cold for us. And I, I'm going to say, oh. I actually went away from that for a while, and then a few days later, I, I got a bit of a hump and went off. <laughs> Terrible. But I said it before you said it. Okay. And, and I came back to it, and I, then I began to think, what, what's a, what, what, what are the characteristics of a camel? I, I'm needing to persevere. Personally, I'm persevering through something, okay? You don't need to know what it is. I, I'm persevering through something, and I needed to see this. And as I began to see the characteristics of a camel, I began to see, ah, make me camel-like, Lord. Your bountifulness will make me camel-like. I know it's Jesus-like, and I, it, it, it's... It, I'm not, please, I'm not putting the, it's an idiom, okay? It's a picture, all right? Um, their design is an advantage in places of lack. Like deserts with their scarcity, barrenness, the aridness, little hope of shade from the heat. They have sufficient to make it through challenging times from oasis to oasis. They have on board what it takes to persevere through mile after mile of, of desert. And it was as if the Holy Spirit was giving my mind a picture of encouragement to pursue and persevere when you don't feel like it, when you're dried up. Where's that oasis people were talking about? Where's that verse that someone ministered the other day? It's not having an effect in my Keep going. There's an oasis ahead for you. Camels are able to go. So here's, I'm going to go pretty fast now because we've only um, a bit of time. Camels are able to go with a stored up reservoir of water. In fact, up to 180 liters of water. That's probably enough to do most people for a month. In other words, it's, it's a simple picture. Keep drinking at the well. And when you're at that well, maybe it's a meeting. Maybe it's a moment. It's a it's, it's one of those moments, grasp it, drink from it. 
and you will go with, that will, that, will, that will be in you a well of living word. Jesus promised it. Even before the Holy Spirit had been given university, John chapter 7, he's promised it. But that's key. We read that King Solomon, King Jehoshaphat, and others, they had storage cities, wise people, a place where they, they gathered food, they received things, and, and then they were able to dispense of it in time of need. Feed cork. There's no point in feeding cork if you don't have anything in the well. There is an endless store city. Sorry, there is an endless store and storehouses of divine mercy and grace in the throne room of God. At the bottom of that thing that came up on the screen about the prayer was Hebrews 4.16 at the bottom. There's our storehouse. But you have to go to it. And you have to obtain. And apparently you're in need. <laughs> and you have to have confidence because you're persevering. And I, it's a long time since I've been at an oasis. And I go to church some money, and it's a wonderful preaching, and they're nice guys and everything else, and nice ladies, but I just feel flat, persevere. Hallelujah. But I don't feel spiritual. No, but he's spiritual, and he's living in you. And whatever you're lacking, he'll come, and the Holy Spirit will engender. Take him, go on, press on through. There's more than enough grace and mercy to enable you to persevere. The second thing about him, they are designed to carry. They're called ships in a desert. For a reason. They're transporters. They transport passengers and cargo. They can carry up to 400 kilos. That's about the equivalent uh, for 25 miles every day, have a rest and do the same the next day. And they go on. That's the equivalent of about four or five people, depending on what weight you are. They can carry. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Oh, but he, he, he really gets me up the wrong way. Bear with it. He's your brother. She's your sister. We can carry. Don't complain when we have to bear with someone. Bear with one another's burdens. You know, we have to time bear his name, bear his reproach. Bear him allowing me to have to persevere for so long. You know, people, some people have prayed 25 years for something that was very real, very personal, and they'd have to, to live with the problem every day. How about that? Now, I'm not saying that that's, as I said, there's the Kairos moment and the Kronos moment. God knows. All right, there's sometimes third parties involved. There's sometimes other issues involved that you and I don't even know about. We trust him. But what a camel-like heart to carry, to bear his name. Paul said, bear, um, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For up to now, you're not able to bear it. Neither are you yet able. Why? And then he says, because you're still carnal. You're saved. You're a Christian. You love the Lord. But there's a carnality there he's dealing with through that persevering. Third thing, camels have three sets of eyelids and two rows of eyelashes. That's to keep sand out of their eyes. It's, it's a lot. It's five things to keep sand out of our eyes. You know, we, I think, have only two. If anyone has a double eyelash, let me know. We'll make you famous. Um, because sand can irritate, sand can scratch and cause blindness. And without sight or vision, there are some things you and I just won't bother persevering with. Proverbs says, he who has a bountiful eye will be blessed, for he, he gives his bread to the poor. But if you don't have that bountiful eye, you'll hoard. Keep my eye clear, Lord. Jesus said, the light of the body is the eye. He's talking spiritually. But bits of grit can get blown into our spiritual eyes, causing a number of things. You know, think of the grit of offense. We've all been offended. Most of the time, interestingly enough, by Christians. 
Um, they offend, the grit of envy, the grit of impatience, the grit of fear. And the desert winds will blow across our paths. The Bible talks about the mocking eye in Proverbs 3. Beware of that. It's some grits come into your eye. And, and then Ecclesiastes is this interesting verse. It says, the eye that is not satisfied with seeing. And no matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. And so we want to see more. I want to see more. And that's the way the world is heading for. We want to see more. We want to, 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 to indulge more. We want to find more. And sin brings you that root. There's the offending eye Jesus talked about. He said, pluck it out. No messing there. Deal with it. There's the evil eye, the dim eye, the lust of the eye, eyes of adultery, etc., etc. But as he comes to us and ministers, he gives us a tender eye. He gives us eyes of understanding. Oh Lord, you give me those camel-like protections for my eyes to prevent the grit from blinding us. Proverbs also says, let your eyes look straight ahead of you. And then interestingly, it says, and your eyelids look straight before you. There's no use you looking this way, and the Holy Spirit is trying to clear your eyes this way. You've got to look onto him. You've got to ask the Holy Spirit to come. Very seldom does the Lord ride roughshod. He is a gentleman. He waits. He waits for us. And Lord, we wait for you to be gracious to us. And sometimes some of us are so impatient, we don't wait on the Lord. We don't even give him 10 minutes a day. We just so, ah, well, the Lord understands. He understands, but, you know, your eye could be here, and his mechanism for taking out the grit could be here. Look straight to him. And so there's other, these wonderful pictures. You know, we blink approximately every five seconds. And as we blink, there's a substance that moistens and prevents our eyes from drying out. Spiritually, that's what we need. We need to have the Holy Spirit. This is a picture of the function of the Holy Spirit, cleansing, protecting the surface of our eyes, if you like, our spiritual eye, against those foreign elements that will, that will stimuli, stimulate and damage us. I just wrote here, most stop persevering because they lose sight, or their sight goes dim. Years ago, I remember reading, and I actually think I told you this story, so I'm not going to make it long, but there's a great swimmer called Florence Chadwick. In the 50s, she was swimming from an island off California into, into L.A., about 40 miles. She was a channel swimmer. She was a swimmer. But that first attempt, she failed, and her trainer had to haul her out and put her in the boat. She was only three miles from shore, and at a press conference the next day, they asked her. She said two things. She said, I failed, but I'm going to try again. And they said, Florence, why did you fail? And she said, the waves were too choppy and high. She said, if I only had sight of the shore, I would have finished. Wow. That story stayed with me. And there are times, folks, I haven't had sight of the shore. But by his grace, his mercy, those eyelashes, those, those spiritual eyelashes, those Holy Spirit eye, eye, um, yes, <laughs> they come and they moisten and they clear sight just enough to make another step. His word is a light to our path and a lamp to our feet. That's why we're in it. Camels have thick lips. And so they're able to forage for food in thorny plants that other animals can't eat. They know how to get nourishment when others can't. Do you remember that time that Jesus, John chapter 4, he found himself in that well, Jacob's well, and a Samaritan woman comes. Now, culturally, he should have distanced himself. Morally, he should have distance himself. Obviously, the, the Holy Spirit told him she was a, a loose woman, if, if, if that's how one of the 
translation scribe. She'd had six husbands and the one she wasn't, etc. He should have been, he was in a thorny place. You know, in one sense, he, 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 whatever he did, if people saw it, he, they were going to criticize him. But, and you know what happened? He ministered to that woman beautifully. And, and John 4 has been preserved for us, for millions of people to read and be encouraged. And, and her town, they came out. And this history connected to that town. Well, Josephus talks about that town, that not unless you record it in, in, in the rest of the Gospels. Wonderful things happened in that town because he found, because when his disciples came and they were looking for food, and they said, oh, you must be hungry. And he's from, oh, I'd forgotten about food. He said, I have food that you do not know. You see, he was able to go in to a situation. And you may be in a situation. Some of you online may be in this situation. You say, I'm not able to feed. It's so thorny. It's so prickly. I'm living with a prickly person. And every time I try to read or talk, this is, you, you, you ask the Holy Spirit to give you that camel-like tongue or lips that you can go in and, and you won't feel the prickles and you will have food that you know not from. Camels completely shut their nostrils during a sandstorm. They keep their noses clear. Uh, I was wondering about this, spiritual noses, they get clawed, the sandy grit of the world's odors. What, what does that mean, Lord? And he said, smelling is discerning. I smell a rat. I smell trouble. Now, I don't mean that we're, that we're hypersensitive and, and we're and we're policemen and detective and, and, and Kojak and everything else. And we know every, some of you don't know who Kojak was. Who loves your baby? Anyway, and um, he, he, no, but actually you can be complete. I'm amazed. I'm amazed at the lack of discerning in some, in some situations I've been. I'm amazed at the lack of discerning at times in my own life. You know, the Lord said you can discern the face of the sky, but you can't discern the signs of the times. I was having lunch recently with someone, and, and they were telling me about their COVID experience. Oh, not another one. And they were saying uh, uh, he lost his sense of taste. And he said, smell. I couldn't smell. And he said his, his, um, some member of his family, they paid a trick on him, and they cooked him a really hot, spicy food, which he hates. And he ate it. And he said, I couldn't discern what it was. We need to keep that spiritual faculty clear. We need to be able to shut up that, that from, the, from the noise of the world at times. Listen, my time is gone. I'm just going to list the others that you may be able to think about it. Oh, on that thing about the smell, this is a great verse. Job 14, there's hope for a tree. Some of you know it. I felt to say it. Maybe one of you online, someone here, you need to hear it. There's hope for a tree when it's cut down that it will sprout again, its shoots will not fail, though its roots grow old in the ground and its stump may die in the dry soil and you can't persevere anymore. At the scent of water, it will flourish and put forth branches like a plant. Maybe who need to smell again. Hallelujah. Thanks to thick pads of skin on its chest and knees, the animal can comfortably sit in hot situations. You're not easily disturbed. You're not easily offended in, when you're in a hot situation. Oh, I don't want to be here, Lord. Panic, panic. Just he, he, he gives a protection around your eyes and your feet and everything else. That, that camel humps, as well as storing up water, they can store up fat, which are able to 
live off for weeks, storing up his word. Look in 119, verse 11, your word I have hidden in my heart. That's storing it up, protecting it, value it. It's a great treasure. This book is a great treasure. It's a completely unlike any other book. It's no wonder the devil and philosophers and, 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 and everything is out against this. It's just a myth. It's just a fairy story. But as you examine it, and men who have, even atheists, agnostics who have, who have gone to it with an open heart, they come back and they say, it's like no other book. What are you doing with it? Hallelujah. Yes, I have it on my phone. I have it on my pad. But I come back to this. It's his book. It doesn't matter where you read it from. Keep reading it, hiding it up. If you want to persevere, you're going to be, have to be in this. Camels can travel at 40 miles an hour. That's nearly as fast as a, as a racehorse. I, I pulled out a lot of stuff from that, but I'm just going to leave this with you. It says, James says, we're swift to hear. How often have you found that you're in a meeting or that you're, or someone is saying something to you and you wander off and you're, and you have to be swift to hear. Be swift to hear. You never know when he wants to drop in a word to us. And, and it passes and we don't hear it. No, he's wonderful. He's gracious. He will come again to us. Be swift to hear. Uh, the word of God is quick and active. Poof, it's gone. Ah, but here it's coming around again. But you have to sometimes wait for it. Wait for his word. Wait for it. There are 160 words for camel in the Arabic language. 160 words. They must value the camel a lot. They must have had to create new words to describe him. You know, the Bible has at least 198 different names and titles of Jesus. He is beyond description. He's indescribable. Revelation 19 says he even has names that we don't know of yet. We'll come into, hallowed be thy name. The name. Why is it people? They don't say, they drop a hammer on, the, uh, on their foot. And they don't say, oh, Buddha. Oh, Muhammad. No, I've never heard that. There's power in his name. Hallelujah. How many names do you call him by? Oh, he's my friend. Wonderful. He's your Lord, Master, Majesty. Oh, one other thing about the humps, they are heat regulators for camels. He keeps us cool in tricky situations. Don't you know those high priests in the Old Testament? When they were in ministering in the Holy of Holies, they had to wear linen. When I packed my case to go to somewhere hot, well, I haven't done it for two years, but hopefully I will. I used to have my linen shirts, <laughs> my linen T-shirts. They help in the heat. No sweat. Sometimes we need that. Because otherwise we'd be consumed. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew what it was. They had a heat regulator in there with them. The Lord Jesus Christ says, it's okay, boys, it's very hot, but oh, no, I'm fine. Look, it's not even hurting my clothes. Hallelujah. Finally, camel milk is amongst the healthiest milk in the world. Just some little things out of that verse, 17, 119, deep bountifully with me, with your servant, that I may live and keep your word and keep persevering. You know, we're inclined to avoid things that are costly, are things that require a degree of perseverance. Hallelujah. 
we just allow one minute. I've already just gone a few minutes over my time, but one minute allow the Lord to take something of this very simple, very simple talk. But oh, that it can be a compass to us. And if you are persevering through something that you are finding really difficult at this time, he, he brings grace. He is a God of miracles. He is the way maker. And I'm going to pray that the Lord will either, if you have to go through more, submit to him and, and he will sustain it. Or else if it's at the end, it'll come to an end, okay? We're going to do that together and support, bear with one another, support one another. It's, it's okay having a word and coming, but we want, Lord, bring your, bring your spirit to us, Lord. And I pray for any dear, precious saint at this moment in this building, watching online, who is finding, I'm about to give up. It's too hard for me. Oh, Lord, what a real prayer. And you've been waiting a long time for them to say that, to say that two-word prayer, help me. And there you are with us, in us. You've never left us. Hallelujah. And I just pray, Lord, in your own unique and beautiful way that you'll come and you will be like that fourth man in the furnace, in the furnace, and you revealed yourself not only to Shadrach, Meshach, and Benjamin, but to the king. Hallelujah. And Lord, we pray, we pray, Lord, I sense, I see, I've known in this church there are those who are, have a persevering spirit. We pray we may persevere. This is a season, Lord, undoubtedly you've called for prayer. Uh, when we cannot be dashing from meeting to meeting to meeting, and praise the Lord for the assembly of the saints, but Lord, you're calling your church to prayer. May we be persevering in prayer. Lord, extend those times. May, the, may what used to seem long seem so quick that we need more of it. We pray, Lord, you will do miracles in our midst. You will bring us on. You will put backbone into some of us who need backbone, Lord. You will clear those those waves which have stopped us from seeing the shore, for, for if, if that woman saw the shore, she would have continued swimming. We thank you for your grace and your love and, and your riches and your beautiful name amongst us and in us and with us. Lord, truly, you are our God in whom we live and move and have our being. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for tuning in with us today. I hope you were blessed. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thanks for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.